It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. That is some crisp clicking in that soundtrack to the Luke and Pete show. Luke and Pete are back. And I'll level with you. It sounds like I've had a heavy weekend. My friend was uh, promoted, and my friend Dave Shine was promoted to um, Lieutenant Commander. So we were celebrating all weekend uh, in honour of his uh, promotion to um, doing more vending machine filling on the ship that he lives in. <laughs> Congratulations to him and to you, Peter, on that astonishingly bright red jumper. It is astonishingly... Uh, I've watched, watched it a few times and it's still almost luminous. Red's rarely luminous. I don't know what they've done to it. From which Top emporium man. did you purchase it? I think it was Top Man. I was Top I was man. called... I was thirsty. Were you there? Were you there? <laughs> uh, and I just po- I bought it on a whim, on a chilly whim. And uh, I was like, wow, this was uh, only £10, but... It's uh, very bright. Can't wait for the impending court case um, around high street retailers colouring their f- their clothing with uh, nuclear paste. <laughs> nuclear paste. <laughs> with radium. Old <laughs> nuclear paste. It's with like that guy who made uh, that uh, Vanta Black. Remember mm. that guy who made, and then Stuart Semple did a, uh, a an equivalent product that I bought and have never used. So I've got this super black paint version two of three, I think, uh, and I've never used it for anything. I've, I've just not got any reason to paint anything black. No, the Rolling yeah, Stones one. really black. <laughs> Super black. I see a red jumper and I want it painted black. I'm turning, uh, I'm basically trying to distract from the fact that I have got a few more white hairs on my head mm. uh, by trying to colour up my um, my jumper. Uh, see, uh, Xi Jinping has uh, gone against um, Communist Party protocol uh, by starting to introduce a little bit of salt and pepper in his hair. Oh, that's uh, a no-no, isn't it? It's a no-no, no-no, no-no yeah. Everybody wants to be. Uh, everybody wants to look young. Uh, so these 60, 70-year-old men have like pitch black hair mm. um, until they're about you know eighty, and then they start to go grey. But he's, <clears throat> I think he's sixty odd now, and right. he's starting to go a little bit grey. Um, and apparently, it shows that he's working hard for the people, etc. They want to know. They, his, his kind of whole image is that he wants to be known as uh, like a nice uncle. Who, he's, uh, he's flip reversed it. Who uh, imprisons Muslims? Yeah, I like um, bit of the old salt and pepper. Yeah, uh, it reminds me. I heard a football pundit last week. Not going to name him. Wouldn't be fair. Wasn't me. Wasn't you. Okay. Okay. That's all matters. Am well, I a football pundit? Well, you are twice I mean, a that's week. That's loose, isn't it? That yeah. is. That I mean, is not, the loosest. Not, I'm out on the. You know, if we were going to draw a diagram, you're out there. Yeah, I'm out there. You're in some sort of colonial outpost. <laughs> Some sort of mad old sort of colonial. <laughs> but um, he said letters uh, from America. He said, um, um, whatever happens this season. <laughs> 
Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp will view this season as a great leap forward. Mm. I mean, not like the actual great leap forward, which, let's be fair, was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Has he got a five-year plan? Aha! <laughs> Brilliant. Um, it's episode it's 149 really... of the Luke and Pete Show. It is Monday the 11th of March. Come in. You're very welcome. Um, we've missed your Monday morning commute. Uh, we gave up on that. I couldn't bother. The so, MMC baby. Yeah, so now we're doing you for the Monday afternoon slash Tuesday morning commute. You could be having a sandwich in a square on a beautiful sunny day in the nation's capital. Yes. And you could be listening to the Luke and Pete show, enjoying our stories of dog shit and bodily functions. And doctors being struck off due to us. <laughs> yes. Um, Peter, did you watch Crufts yesterday? I didn't watch Crufts, uh, but I always catch up on the Monday after Crufts where I watch uh, lots of videos of dogs watching Crufts and getting incredibly excited. My cats love it as well. Oh. Weirdly enough, they love That's it. They, they keep going up there and trying they to like, pull the telly. In the same way that um, I'm scared of uh, murderers, but I'll watch loads of TV shows about murderers, as long as they're in the telly. <laughs> yes. I watch True Detective, it's fine. But oh, it's, yeah. you know. If you watch, like I remember watching Lost Land of the Jaguar on the TV. Mm. And when the Jaguar actually comes up on the on the on the TV box, mm. Magnus, one of my cats, is straight up there. So they're brave now. I've seen oh, him running, yeah. I've seen him I've seen him be blown over by wind <laughs> and scared of leaves in the garden. So he's brave inside. He's a moor. Yeah, yeah he's he is a basically a moor. He's a moor through and through. The um, um did, did you um um what was gonna say? Uh did you see that one got mauled by a Jaguar in America? Um, this oh, Jaguar yeah. has mauled someone else as well because people will, they love a selfie. They want a selfie with the Jaguar. It's a mistake. Uh, and the Jaguar gets its hands through uh, through the cage and uh, gives gives the uh, give the woman what she deserved. And There's... she fell on the floor and, went and demanded to be sent to the hospital and made a big furore about it. Just oh, don't go near a Jaguar. If I got attacked by a Jaguar, I'd be telling everyone. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Have you seen that footage of the guy in, at the zoo by the tiger enclosure? Mm, so no. t- I think I think uh, oh he's behind glass and, and the kid and r- glass. creeps up on him glass um, and yeah it's it sort of proper is stalking him isn't he it gets so close yeah without, without the guy even realizing because he's so moves so slightly I think I think a lot of um, farmers and and rural workers up in northern India I think it is they wear these masks on the back of their head because a tiger will only ever attack you from behind right so they wear masks on the back of the head to confuse the tiger that it's actually facing them and it will never attack. Incredible. I mean, to me, that is not a foolproof defence mechanism. No. I would you go. kill What's that, all a clown the tigers. <laughs> that ain't going to help me out. You forget that, like, everywhere else in the world, like, safety is not that paramount for mm. workers. Mm. Um, there, was mm. a, there was a white tiger that killed its um, keeper in Japan, um, in the South Island of, uh, of Japan, or the South, South bit of Japan, I forget where it is. Um, but the parents of the 40-year-old zookeeper who died um, said that it shouldn't be punished. I mean, I don't know how you punish a tiger for murdering a person, but yeah. uh, it, it was cleaning out its um, wow. its cell without letting, without making it go somewhere else for a bit. Yeah, I mean, which is really very much protocol. No. You can't really blame it. I mean, at the most, that is manslaughter, not murder. <laughs> um, going back to the Crufts thing, two takeaways from me. One is I love the font, the Crufts font. I've not seen the Crufts I font. sent a message to Sam, um, visual guy, and I said, look, the Crufts font is absolutely amazing. And he replies, what are you talking about? So obviously, that's probably not a view shared by the people in who know about this kind of thing. No, this C is disgusting. And then um, secondly, I watch Crufts every year. Is, and- the, is the C petting the R, would you say there? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's sort of gone good. R. <laughs> but it looks good in neon up on the side of the wall. It doesn't look <laughs> right. good there. It doesn't look good there. That colour's awful. But anyway, <laughs> um, one of the things that'll always amuse me about Crufts, no matter how many years I watch it, 
Mm. It's such a sort of benign, safe, friendly atmosphere. And generally speaking, you know, I know some of them can be seen as quite weird, but animal lovers are sort of nice people, right? So it's mm. it's quite a sort of friendly. You can't imagine it all kicking off at Cruff, you know. Oh, I think you can. I mean, there's a lot of emotions from very posh, prim people. Yeah, but not not in like a, not in a really sort of um, sort of dangerous way. No. Because none of the dogs are in any way, you know, you don't see many bull mastiffs get winning crufts, do you? No. They're all little yappers, aren't they? And you can um, and you can imagine someone getting particularly perturbed about being overcharged two quid for like a dog bed or something. But generally speaking, it's a safe environment. Mm. So you, you watch it, it's nice and relaxing. Maybe you've got a bit of a hangover. You flick it on the TV and you think, oh, this is nice. It's gone for a couple of hours as well. You can just get involved and just, just let it sort of, sort of swamp over you. And then... Um, and then every so often you just hear a very posh person on the voiceover going, and here's uh, the peaking ease, and she really is a lovely bitch. Yeah. And that just always strong, takes me out of it. Strong word, isn't it? I'm never going to be mature enough to not find that funny. No. Oh, and she really is a cracking little bitch. <laughs> it's just good. What a massive slut. <laughs> yeah. This Ain't Bernard really is a big, massive slut. And, you know, if you, if, you, if you were to see her mother, who competed in 2012, she really was a, a huge bitch. A huge bitch. You know, and this bitch is a lot smaller than that bitch. Yes. Stop I... saying bitch! <laughs> Say lady dog! What a hag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is rather discombobulating. Also, I've had my hair cut, by the way. You have had your hair cut. We've got a football ramble um, photo shoot a little bit later on in the week. Yes. So everyone is uh, getting their... Chops locked, so to speak. Are you getting yours? I don't know. I'm always, I'm always pretty. I, I go monthly usually. Go to Mister Toppers. Undercut, please. I can't get out of Undercut Boulevard. If anyone's got any advice <laughs> how to get out of Undercut Boulevard, I would very much uh, be, uh, you know, welcoming of, of any suggestions because what did um, I am a shit pit. What does Mister Topper charge you? Eight pound. Uh, nine pounds, but then that uh, only it basically means that you you tip them six quid basically because you. Bloody hell! Well, you get well. You, you you're charging them sixty six percent cash only, no, isn't it? That's cash. unbelievable. It's cash only, round no, up not... to a tenner. That's one pound. That's a that's a still over. A, that's a twelve percent. To be honest, an undercut takes about five minutes. Exactly. Yeah, mine well, costs forty bar. Well, exactly. So I, I'm not. So I know how much uh, a haircut takes, and just because my haircut is simple. Um, I, I, they shouldn't be uh, unfairly. Here's a tip for you, hairdresser. Forty yeah. quid. Here's a tip for you. Charge less. I might come back more often. You'll make more money. Everyone wins. <laughs> the overheads are the same. Yeah. You, know? you, you you were growing your hair out, but you've sort of given up on that, haven't you? Well, yeah. We have got this thing coming up. We can't really we can't really shed too much light on it because we're literally not allowed to. No. But um, I'm talking about you as well. You know about this. Uh, and so we've got to have our photos taken on Thursday, and I don't really want my hair to be like that for six months or whatever mm. it's going to be. So that's why I decided to have a haircut. Yeah. Um, listen, coming up later, I'm going to do a mancata. So get your jingle ready. Flipping it. Not now. Okay. Um, did you just press it? No. no. Yeah, don't do it now. Can you hear um, it? <laughs> I've got a quick little mancata, which I think people will find interesting. Um, we've also got emails um, coming up as well. Peter, what what have you been up to over the last sort of few days? You had a good weekend. What's been going uh, on? I, as I said, I had a oh, you had a party. Heavy yeah. One watched um, a little bit of uh, finished True Detective. Start watching that Gervais thing as well. Oh, yeah. do you know what? I'm so pleased you reminded me of that. I'm sorry to cut in. Mm. I am going to stick my very, very poor reputation on the line here. Mm. Um, it worked for me with Free Solo, so I'm, I'm going <laughs> to sail it home. I think Afterlife mm. is absolutely brilliant. It's one of the most affecting and touching series I've seen for such a long time. I honestly think it's amazing. It's uh, very heavy-handed, but yeah. it's not as bad as the shit he's been churning out for the last I think it's years. his best series since Extras. Yeah, because he's gone full one way. 
he's gone full one way or the other uh, with some great supporting uh, actors. Correct. Well. And I think some of the observation, I mean, you call it heavy handed. I don't know how much of it you've seen. Some of it is definitely that. Um, but I don't think it suffers for that. And there's, I won't, I won't spoil it people because I know it's not been out very long and people might not have um, had the time to mm. just blitz the six episodes that I did over the weekend. But is that there's a couple of scenes towards the end which were, and I'm not, I'm not making this up, were absolutely almost word for word experiences that I've had with people in my life who've shared those similar things with his dad in the nursing home and all that mm. kind of stuff. Um, I found it so deeply affecting. Honestly, I really did. I, I, it really it must have just pushed my buttons. I thought it was funny in places as well, but I don't think it's set out to be that. I think it's set out to be <clears> a bit more of a moral treatise, really. Mm. And, and you're right about the heavy-handedness. I, I think. I think more than anything else, you can be heavy-handed, but I think you need. Um, I think it, 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 it's clunky in some of the delivery, and it just seems to be an extension of his Twitter page and people have expressed that that opinion there was a great piece about how uh, the two different directions that Steve Coogan uh, and Ricky Gervais have kind of gone Steve in Merchant, career- you mean? No, no, Steve Coogan Oh, Steve Coogan, Steve sorry Coogan okay, and, yeah, and, okay. and, and Ricky Gervais have gone in their, their careers in that um, uh, Ricky Gervais is, is kind of a bit of an island he does everything himself he wants to yeah. be the, 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 the star he wants to write for himself and direct for himself but the um, but the way Coogan has always been collaborative and always kind of relied on other people yeah. uh, to, 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 to pull it through and to kind of you know help out I suppose and, and give it a more well-rounded um, experience and I think he could have done with co-writing with somebody just because it's just it just seems to be like a lot of his stuff recently uh, an extension of uh, you know the, the, the anti um, uh, religious dogma the anti yeah. kind of like oh it certainly is that <clears throat> uh, stuff that he's kind of producing on, on, on social media So and, and, and obviously Coogan's not on social media so it's quite an interesting piece and it was a great parallel to, to it's a really to good drawn, point really. that's a really good point I, didn't think, I haven't considered that <clears throat> read, read the Coogan comparison which obviously is a valid one I, I, I for me it just felt a bit it felt I don't know, it just, it just spoke to me, really. I, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't it's be judged. It's beautifully shot, by the way. Yeah, well. he wouldn't be judged if he uh, if he took a back seat and, and you know, made it for someone else. You know what I mean? Like if, if he wasn't the main f- character, um, I think it would be judged a lot yeah, less harshly. I, th- I think, yeah, that's true. But I think, it, it, but it's not really being judged that harshly. I think it's done, it's done fairly oh, it's well. Still, every single person on Twitter. Uh, that I follow has said that it's uh, great and really thought, effective and really I, sad. I, I honestly thought it was absolutely outstanding. Mm. Uh, and you know, I'm not I'm not trying to tell you you're wrong or anything. I mean, obviously opinions are valid, but for me, it, it was great. I, I just think, with your point about him not being front and center, I think he's been on record quite regularly saying that his his big influences are like Larry David and Christopher Guest and those mm. kind of guys who sort of do it all and are in the middle of it as well. Mm. So I think that's the way he wants to go. I agree with you about some of the dialogue. Some of that dialogue in that in the show is is essentially a rehashing of dialogue I've seen him say in interviews and yeah. on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So, so that is absolutely valid. Anyway, look, regardless of all that, it is absolutely worth checking out anyway. It's, Got it's a nice dog in it. Lovely dog in it. If you love dogs... It's just universal themes. And I think it's also... It, it does a really good job, by the way, of taking essentially a really bleak situation and by the end of it making it quite a positive one, which I think is, 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 um, is underrated, is something that... Um, isn't done very often because people who are funny tend to be cynical. And I also agree, I was ch- chatting to Danny Kelly about this last week. I, I, th- I agree with him where he said that sentimentality in television and in um, comedy and stuff 
it's sort of underrepresented and it's sort of a little bit underrated as well because anyone can just tear a house down and be cynical. It takes a lot of bravery to build something up and make it sentiment, sentimental without being too cheesy and schmaltzy, mm. which I, th- I do think he achieves that with Afterlife. Anyway. I've, I've seen three episodes and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the, the, You're halfway the, through. the rest of anyway, them. Let us know what you think of it. Anyway, <clears> hello <throat> at LukeAndPeteShow.com. A bit of an impromptu review of that Ooh. TV series. Um, let's go for a little break. We'll come back and do some emails and we'll also squeeze in a quick Mankata as well. So fancy. Look at me. There we go. We're back. And it's the Luke and Pete Show, part two for a Monday. Look at us. Don't look, they might look at Jerry. Do you they're, they're on the comeback as well. They're going to be playing Wembley Stadium soon, the old spicy G's. Did they? Did they <laughs> spicy G's sound like a, a really bad snack, like a Transformer snack or yeah. a uh, Space Raider? I love, it's not a bad snack. Transformer snack and Space Raiders are not bad snacks. They are budget. Um, they're delicious. Uh, they're budget uh, monster munch, aren't they, really? They're just vehicles for a load of like E-numbers and manufactured uh, artificial ingredients. And a great picture of a kind of um, David Bowie kind of character on the front of the Space Raiders. Yes. Did you ever build the little car on Transformer snacks? Build. Well, build a strong p- word. Put the wheels it? on. Put the wheels on. <laughs> Rudimentary building. Look, mother. Did you ever know, know anyone who had a kit car back in the day? My CDT teacher yes. had a car he put together himself. Wow. Um, which looked very sporty, but right. I can't imagine the fuel efficiency was up there. No. <laughs> we used to spend quite a lot of time building go-karts with our dads and our mates' dads and stuff. When we were, were young. you in the Beano? No, we did, honestly. It's not we, a thing that we did, but go-karts. Yeah. Uh. So you'd, you'd be a thing, well, you know, without being sort of, you know, too sort of down at heel about it. Right. There was a guy, a kid down. I grew up in a, you know, it's a similar neighbourhood to you. So it's terraced houses, very mm. small. You know, it's quite a poor neighbourhood. And four or five doors down was a kid who had a bought go kart, which we just thought was the dog's bollocks. It was like an oh, Argus yeah. one, but it was a yeah, bought yeah, one. Yeah. It had a little number on the front. Yes, yes. And you could pedal it and all the rest of it. But for the rest of us, I mean, it just wasn't really an option. Mm. So we we would get like, I suppose the big thing you'd get at Christmas would be, I don't know, you get like a games console or something. Right. And that'd be the you'd, big present. You'd get wood. Done. Yeah, no, I, I would get I would get like a games console, but there's no way I could, if I, if I had that, that was at the behest of something else because right, there's yeah, no way yeah. you could have that. So anyway, we used to build them. So you, we we had this go kart that we built, and it was made out of like a single big block of wood. It might have been an old door, right? And we carved like sort of flanks in it like that, yeah. And then we had pram wheels on it, pram wheels, and then you would, you would steer it with a rope. Yeah. Do you remember those? That, I mean, that's a clear, yeah, I've seen those before. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw, sat in one. I had sat in one of the Argus ones, but the Argus ones were um, pedal powered, weren't they? Yes. But the, I guess the go kart, you just had to find it. Uh, well, you get someone to push you. Ketty car? Did you just go on Ketty cars, maybe? No, I've never heard that before. Yeah. But with this go kart, you get someone to push you. So the key was you need like oh. two or three of them, and then you'd race them. We did that because we had a back alley behind our house. Yes. But m- more often than not, um, you would, the front wheels would just collapse. <laughs> and just fucking cane it really hurt yourself and um, and another another tactic we used to employ was we used to um, on the on the Argus go-kart mm. we used to get our BMXs and we used to tie like three ropes to the back of three BMXs right. tie that to the go-kart someone would sit in the go-kart and we would just ride as fast as we could put it along so... like we were some sort of like really like working class Santa's sleigh <laughs> and, and honestly you'd get it going so fast yeah. the pedals we're going so fast, you, the guy couldn't put his feet on the pedal, so he'd have to put his feet up. 
and, and my, my overriding memories of those times, which were amazing, were that kind of stuff. And then that punctuated with, God, that was really painful. Yeah. So I'd really hurt my knee. Danger. Or yeah, you'd get, you'd, you'd absolutely smash yourself on the handlebars of your BMX or something. Yeah? <laughs> anyway, it's email time, Peter. It's email time, Peter. You go, you go first, mate. I'll go first. Quick one from uh, Terence Flynn. I don't usually uh, like talking about um, uh, dreams, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I'm drunk, says Terence. Uh, this will be the so first of many it's emails. A good start. Mm. Uh, one, one of which you love, but I'm keeping it in the bank for now. Uh, everyone hates people that describes dreams, eh? I specifically remember you guys saying that. I've always dreamt very vividly and very often. Dreams that are so strange, it's impressive to me when I wake up. They uh, can also... <laughs> Also, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by my own ingenuity. Yeah. They can also make me unusually emotional, uh, especially if they're about someone I know. I just want to write this one down, to be honest, because it was so funny to me, I don't want to forget it. Last night I had a dream that Paul Scholes and Mary Berry ran a second-hand shop and I found signed Ronaldinho boots on sale for £47, match one. I bought them, got them out of the shop and realised they were just Nike ID boots, the type that you design online for a ridiculous price. I turn around, uh, Scholes told me to fuck off and threw a steel <laughs> chair at me. I woke up feeling quite deranged. I had a Google Mary Berry because I didn't know who she was. I vaguely knew the name and the face, but I'd never watched Bake Off. Uh, I've never bought anything from a charity shop and I'm a Liverpool fan, so I don't have a clue where Scalzi came from. Subconsciously, you're a Liverpool supporting uh, home baker. Cake fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for oh, that, Terrence. Oh, Luke. What? I cleaned my oven last week. So you got... To within an inch of its life. I saw you sent me a photo. It was spotless. I you could see through the front window and everything. I couldn't engage with the photo because it goes against how I imagined you. Yeah. What did well, you do it yourself? You get, you get one of those packs from the um, supermarket. A specialist, yeah, a specialist yeah. pack. Yeah. It just, yeah, it was a lot Put of Put rubber gloves on because a lot I of chemicals involved. I cannot imagine how, how many bad chemicals I inhaled, but it was just beautiful. So what have you cooked since? In Literally nothing. Why are you on the hob, On the hob or either in, in the actual uh, thing itself. Why? What do you mean? Why have you cleaned it then? Because it was just disgusting. I was sick of looking at it. All right. And if I'm keeping stuff in there as storage... You've changed, I don't also. want to grease it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to grease up my possessions. Keep, I'm keeping all my shoes in it. They're getting dirty. <laughs> um, what about this from Luke Jackson, who says, Hi, chaps. Uh, this is about Michael Jordan. And by the way, I keep t- <laughs> annoyingly and sort of somewhat disturbingly because of everything that's been going on with old uh, Jackson recently, mm. I keep typing Michael Jackson instead of Michael Jordan in my notes. Right. Um... Have you seen the according to Nielsen research? Is uh, is album and single sales have gone through the roof? What, like they've yeah, people are buying them. Yeah, since since leaving Neverland, his sales have gone through the roof. <sighs> They're bangers. People, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you, well, you you should. It's, it's a that that shames us all. Mm. But at the same time, it's some of the greatest pop music that's ever been made. So, what do you expect? It's hard to understate how and I overstate. Was, it's, it's hard to overstate. How much of the how much he was part of the fabric of the eighties and the and the oh, early nineties? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's I don't know another person you could remove from like David Beckham like would be uh, close, but you can't really have a lot of David Beckham because he's and, a footballer. And I don't think like, I don't think David Beckham's on the same level. Purely no, 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 no. But like in the UK, but I mean, or the Spice Girls maybe. I if, don't know. If like, you go anywhere in the world, mm, you someone will know who yeah, Michael Jackson. I think yeah. I think beyond the very very remote mm. you are and even then I mean let's not get into the sort of South Sentinel Island or North Sentinel Island type of people of mm. course that's different but that aside you're not you're not going to find anyone who doesn't know Michael Jackson is yeah. over the age of about what 25 yeah 
So yeah, you're right. I mean, he's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, which makes the whole thing even more bizarre. But anyway, mm. um, this is um, this it's is a whole messy sandwich. This is an email from Luke about um, about Michael Jordan. Just wanted to bring up uh, an interesting story about the man himself. He came through as a college star in North Carolina, mm. and when he got his move to Chicago Bulls, he would always wear his college shorts under his Chicago Bulls ones. This required baggier shorts to accommodate them, and once his talent became evident, this led to everyone wanting to copy the star, and the modern baggier short was born. Oh, so they all used to wear like hot pants. Don't know. <laughs> no, the, you go back when you that. think of eighties athletes, though, you think of those little small shorts, don't you? I think of in football. Yeah, I mean they have absolutely. Yeah, I, think disgusting I think in basketball jobs. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, so he sort of made like the longer, baggier shorts kind of popular. Well, that's what Luke Jackson is uh, is claiming. Well, and also, why, why don't people go back to like really small shorts then? Short shorts. Denim. Yeah, why not? You must have some short ones, though. Uh, I'm. I've always been a fan of the tight three quarter lengthers. Yeah, you have actually. It's a bad look uh, for you. It's though. Bad look for me, though. Yeah, I don't really think any. I've sort got of... decent calves, though. In twenty nineteen, three quarter lengths, no jean shorts, no. Why? Just don't look good. Do you think they don't look good? It's my opinion, mate. You're wearing a woodcutter shirt. My opinion, yes. You're like you're in Pearl Jam. <laughs> What's that? What, in what way is that an insult? I'm just saying that you're, that's your, your opinion is null and void. Jeremy Fawkes. <laughs> what about it, this from Alex Lodge? It was Lodge. a period in the 90s where everyone said ideas. Yeah. Soundgarden, mm-hmm. Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. Crash Test Dummies. Once there was a girl who... Speaking of 90s, I saw Captain Marvel yesterday. Good. Set in the 90s. Set in the 90s. Some it's great very, tunes. I thought it was for a Marvel. It's, it's a Marvel thing, right? Yeah. So what you get along with it is, you know, a fair amount of plot holes. drags you for, Yeah, exactly. So much. No, but I've learned to love them. Yeah. I have learned to enjoy them because you just go, right, I'm not going to. I wish someone would drag me into them, you know what I mean? Because I'm not, I, I will never sort of, like even Black Panther that's like reviewed so well, I've just never bothered. That's brilliant. Yeah. It's not as good as Black Panther. Mm. But it's, this is, um, this is in perfectly enjoyable. Two mm. hours of perfectly enjoyable fare, you know? Um, so uh, yeah, that was set in the nineties. She she lands on Earth in the night in like nineteen ninety five. Right, it's quite enjoyable. She 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 smashes through the roof of a blockbuster. Video, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's a nice touch. Nice. Um, and there's like a nice few little nods to the. Um, remember those cardboard cutouts of like actors, like characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's quite a few of them knocking about. Anyway, remember when um, uh, Kelly Kapowski? There was a cardboard cutout of her inside Zach Morris's cupboard. Weird. In Saved by the Bell. That's a bit weird, isn't it? If you had a, how has he even got that made? I know. They're, they're, seriously, the production of that—they're not going to do a one-off. It's not really <laughs> worth it for him. I it? think they would do a one-off. You went to a printer's. We should get cutouts of like people we know. Yeah. Like, but not us. So like, you've gone from isn't that weird Sam. to let's do it ourselves? Yeah, no, but like we're, we're grown ups and we could probably explain it away. But a teenage boy. <laughs> That's what you need to know. A Can teenage, you explain it away or not? A teenage boy who was probably in his thirties when he was playing a teenager, um, having a picture of his schoolmate. A sexy schoolmate in, yeah. in, in the cupboard yeah. that he would pull out. And oh, go, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's problematic. Right. It's problematic. But everything's problematic these days, isn't it? I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. Remember when um, Jesse Spano goes mad because he's been taking some pet pills to complete some exam. What, like Pro Plus or whatever? Yeah, and, she, and people are going, and like, they're going, stop taking all these pet pills. The exam isn't that important. She's going, oh, I'm so excited. I think it's, she's singing that. Right. Or it's my party and I'll dance with her if I want to or something. You okay? What's some pet pills? <laughs> <laughs> Alec Lodge emailed in Trucker Peter, speed. saying in episode 148 you talked about furries yes. and being exposed to sanitised versions during childhood. Alex says, I've got three words for you, Pete Donaldson. Oh. Cadbury's Caramel Bunny. Yeah. It's a bit basic, I think, to sort of say you fancy the uh, Caramel Bunny, though, I think. 
He says, you know what I'm talking about. Um, love the show, Alec. But you he's right what, though, isn't he? He's right. You know what I'm talking it's about. He's definitely got one foot in that camp, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Pepe Le Pew's um, uh, badger. Is he a badger? He's a no, skunk, he's skunk, isn't he? Skunk. <laughs> skunk uh, friend. Imagine he was a badger. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you TB. <laughs> they don't. That's a myth, isn't it? A myth. I don't. I don't, I don't agree with the badger colour. It seems unnecessary. <laughs> this, this colour is unnecessary. Have you got any more emails, Peter? Um, I've got an email. Uh, just, uh, Luke uh, Reese um, has just sent a Wikipedia entry. That's n.m.wikipedia.org forward slash wiki forward slash enumclaw underscore horse underscore sex underscore kiss oh, and not go any sake. further on that one quite yeah. frankly thank you very much yeah. Peter I think we've got enough time to squeeze in a quick men carter let's welcome it back yeah I can't find the men carter thing because you've not used it for such a long time so you're going to have to have this because men carter is back <laughs> just put it in in the edit then all we right. can all enjoy it nah put it in <laughs> put it in now let that be justice for all you don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope. Good morning. I'll make a note of that. I didn't later. put it. I didn't put it in. Um, <laughs> what about this, Peter? I think it's worthy of reopening Ben Carter. I read this story uh, over the weekend on the New Zealand Herald website of all, of all places. Um, a World War II heroine. Yes. Who, who used her harmless appearance to gain the trust of Nazis before executing them has died in the Netherlands age 22. Freddie Oversturgeen. Sorry, she, di- she died in the Netherlands in 20. Age 92. Oh, 92, right, okay. Freddie Overst- it's Actually, sorry, it's Freddie Overstegen was born in Harlem near Amsterdam uh, on September, tw- uh, September 6, 1925. Mm. Uh, and she was just 14 when she joined the Dutch resistance. Together with her older sister Truce and their friend Hanny. They blew up bridges and railway tracks with dynamite, smuggled Jewish children out of concentration camps and executed as many Nazis as they could using a firearm hidden in the basket of her bike. Yeah, I remember remember this lady. Check out this routine. Mm. She would first approach a Nazi man in a bar and having successfully seduced them, asked them if they wanted to go for a stroll in the forest where, as Freddie herself put it, she would liquidate them. <laughs> we had to do it, she said. It was a necessary evil, killing those who betrayed the good people. When asked how many people she had killed or helped killed, she demurred. One should not ask a soldier any of that. That is spectacular work. Yeah, crazy, right? Mm. She, um, yeah, she said that um, she, she, and she went on to become a national icon of female resistance in Holland and... Um, her story was told in a film in 1981 called The Girl with the Red Hair. Um, being in the resistance was a huge source of pride for her. Um, but she said it was very tragic and very difficult and they cried about it afterwards. It did not suit her, she said. It never suits anybody unless they are real criminals. Uh, I lost everything. It poisons the beautiful things in life. But I just thought, what an interesting story. Mm. What what an interesting story about someone in like a non-traditional way. Now, of course, all needless to say, all killing is bad. But part of the war effort was to kill Nazis. I've got mm. no problem with Nazis being killed in that context. Um, I think it's a fascinating story. What a, a brave, what a brave thing to do as well, by the way. Not not a soldier, no no training or anything like that. Yeah. Going in there, speak, talking to actual soldiers, having the bottle and the bravery to seduce them, and then killing them before. To be frank, you get killed yourself. Yeah. Is, is a uh, is a remarkable thing. It's a uh, yeah risky and um, but it is. I mean, it's very. Um, 
it's slow. <laughs> if you're going to kill all the Nazis, do one at a time. It's very slow. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a solution to killing them all mm. because in war, clearly, you go one at a time. You might, you're probably going to lose yeah. the war. It uh, it makes a great. It would make up a great video game. Yes, Wolfenstein Three should be uh, that. <laughs> Well, just just selecting the right options to suggest. It could be like a dating sim uh, that ends <laughs> with a walk in that the forest. It takes a turn. It takes yeah. a turn. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's the uh, that's a little a little a little mini entrant into Mencarta. Men uh, lovely. To salute what is a remarkable story by a, a remarkable woman. Because Mencarta is very much um, what two men find interesting, not yeah. just about men. Yes. Indeed. Even though men have probably what, had the what, monopoly on things. Let's call it for this episode, Women Carter. Women Carter. Thank you. A few days after International Women's Day. Have mm. some respect. Mm. Lovely old job. Hello Luke at LukeandPeteShow.com uh, to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from your emails and your uh, correspondence generally at Luke and Pete Show on Twitter. Mm. Uh, and we will look forward to talking to you on Thursday because that's about as much time as we got this time around, isn't it, Peter? We're out of here, baby. So we'll see you next week. All right. 